You're listening to Meet Me at the Tzomet, the intersection, with Jewish Connectivity's Rabbi Arnie Samlin, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Jewish Connectivity and Rabbi Samlin, please visit jewishconnectivity.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom, this is Rabbi Arnie Samlin of JewishConnectivity.com, a Jewish life coaching and consulting practice. And it's my pleasure to welcome you once again as we meet at the Tzoma at the intersection between real-life challenges and the Jewish texts and wisdom that help to shed life on those challenges. I want to talk a little bit about powerlessness versus powerfulness. Having grown up during the 60s and 70s, we were pretty good at imagining ourselves to be powerful. We were learning how to use political influence wisely. Our generation was there at the civil rights movement, the anti-Vietnam War protests, and for many other things that involve social causes where the power of the common folk really came to light and was celebrated in a lot of different ways. Not the least of which, of course, was the Woodstock Music Festival. But that era came to an end, and for quite some time there was really a feeling, I think, of powerlessness, a sense that we really don't have much we can do to change the world or to make an impact. There were other forces that were simply too strong and too big out there. This seemed to come to a bit of an end, at least, with the Occupy movement. Now, whether you don't or do agree with the movement itself, and I have very mixed feelings about it, it did do something very interesting. It reminded people that whether you had wealth and supposed power or not, you actually did have some power to make a difference and to be disruptive in a way that was meant at least to make good things happen. Now, I don't know whether in the end it did or didn't make anything immediate happen, but I do know that it allowed some people to feel that they once again had the ability to make change and that they weren't simply passengers on the ship of life. I want to talk about kind of an unusual example, but it has to do with the holiday that we're in the midst of, which is the Sukkot holiday season, and particularly the holiday of Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah is very much a human-created holiday. In biblical times, there was no day known as Simchat Torah. The final day of the Sukkot period was called Shemini Atzeret. When the Jewish people were moved into diaspora, they added an additional day of many of the biblical holidays, and that included the holiday of Sukkot. So now, added on to the end of Shemini Atzeret was this made-up holiday called Simchat Torah that would celebrate the end of one Torah reading cycle and the beginning of a new one. That was good enough in most communities, but some of the common folk wanted to take it a step further. They wanted to make Simchat Torah a day when there would be real celebration, where people would not simply walk in processions around the Shulchan, around the reader's table in synagogue, but would actually start dancing and maybe even exerting themselves beyond what was technically permissible on a Jewish holiday. Some of the rabbis actually tried to end the 
extreme festivities, and in some communities they still do try to. But the people have won out because the people felt that spiritually, emotionally, they needed a holiday where they could really let their hair down and let loose with some serious celebration. They had their own spiritual needs and wanted to make sure that even if it went up against some of the established authorities of the time, they would be able to express those needs. Now, I'm not saying there's a direct relationship between that and the Occupy movement. However, I am saying that that populist streak that exists in people that are trying to change the world and the populist streak that took root in some of the observances of Jewish practices that were opposed by the rabbis of the time, there is some common spirit, a spirit that says every once in a while you have to go against the common wisdom and even against what's technically permitted and make certain things happen because there are spiritual and emotional needs that you need to satisfy. I want you to think for a moment about either the Occupy movement or the beginnings of Simchat Torah as we know it today. What were the needs that were so great that people felt compelled to move beyond what was readily available in religion or in society and politics to create something that would express themselves? Were there places that you felt personally that you haven't fully expressed what you want, need, or believe spiritually or emotionally that you'd like to take some root and either occupy or celebrate like on Simchat Torah. What will you do in the coming days or years to make sure you are able to express those spiritual and emotional needs? Think about it. We'd love to see your responses on the JCAS Network Facebook page and on the Jewish Connective Twitter feed. Also available from, Jew, from Jewish Connectivity, is an hour of free life coaching from a Jewish perspective with just these types of insights, which we welcome you to make use of. If you're interested in receiving and participating in Jewish life coaching for an hour with no strings attached, please reach out to us on the Jewish Connectivity website, www.jewishconnectivity.com. Go out there, make great things happen. Shalom.